Hello and welcome back to the second episode of Kill, Kill the Dragon. Dragon. Hey, we got it right. Yeah, we'll All right. We'll do that. We didn't say the wrong word. <laughs> uh, a podcast for dangerous saints. So those of you who listened to the first episode, thank you so much. Uh, where we talked about why we are called Kill the Dragon, Get the Girl, this, this call and command to be dangerous saints in a world that is also dangerous, but ultimately conquered, ultimately defeated. And that gives us hope and encouragement. Uh, and so last time we talked about, and we were talking off the air, about the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's a dangerous world that God has in his sovereignty given us. It, it's a dragon, after all, that we're being asked to fight. We are equipped. So that first episode was so encouraging. But I know for me and for all three of us and for uh, probably all of us listening, there are distinct moments in our life where the joy of the Lord is our strength. But man, do we not feel that. We don't feel the joy of the Lord. It is not a it's not the way in which we would describe our experience. Um, we might feel overworked, stressed, um, anxious for our children, anxious for our jobs, our spouses, ourselves, or just anxious at the world. That just the if the world is on a full court press against the church. It just, that's not joyful. That doesn't feel like a great incentive to fight. It just can feel like you're just dragged. Um, right. So Shauna, I, I want to, on a personal note, every time I interact with you, it just seems like I leave emboldened or encouraged or just like, okay, yes, yeah. I can, you know, I can, I can in the power of God and the spirit of God do the next five minutes. Um, and so I know that's an encouragement I've drawn from you. So I want to ask you, like in your life or people, you know, who mm -hmm. those seasons where it's just I don't desire God. Right. I just don't. I don't. I want to. I believe it. But it's just I, I can't. I, it's a it's a win to make it. Mm -hmm. So how can I listen to episode one of this podcast and listen to the kill the dragon? You be a dangerous saint. Be filled with the joy of the Lord when I can't even pick up my kids with a joyful heart. Yes. So, you know, right. do you have, do you have any encouragement yes. or yeah. wisdom well, on that? A lot of the, the first um, episode too, you know, we talked about training and that's what, that's what this is. This um, really is a training of getting your eyes, your mind, your focus on him. So um, probably five or six years ago, um, the father just really allowed a Job-like moment in my life. And uh, he allowed the enemy to just kind of taunt me with, with what ifs, which really, you know, that kind of seems like, okay, well, well what ifs is not standing beside a graveside. Yeah. I'm not walking my kids through cancer or right. losing a spouse. But still, the battle for me was devastating. And I felt those dark days most every day for a solid year. So in those, in that year, in those really dark days, the Lord taught me how to lift my eyes up off of my circumstances and stop calculating and navigating my own agenda and my own thought and my own, um, you know, just thought pattern of what's happening in my life and onto his word and onto who he is. And that was a shift off of what he does for me onto who he is himself, the heart of who he is. Right. Um, I think so many times, like when we go through things, um, my, my first initial thing was I was mad. 
because I felt like God wasn't protecting. If he would allow these what ifs to happen, then he wasn't protecting me and he wasn't protecting my children because he is my protector. So the biggest shift for me came when I realized not to align um, these things that I have that I have, you know, believed my entire life are true about him. And they are to be the only thing. That's it. Like he's just a provider. He's just a redeemer. He's just a healer. He is those things. Those yeah. are very weighty. Those are very true. And we would not be able to stand without those things in front of him. But my gaze needed to shift to he's holy. So um, in our culture, I think we would say a lot of things like uh, uh, Jackie Hill Perry said this um, a couple of weekends ago at this thing called If Gathering. She said um, we would say a lot of things like Lord, 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 or holy, holy, holy. But there's four creatures in the throne room that are shouting praises to God all times, 24-7, never ceasing. And the attribute of the thing that they shout about God is holy, holy, holy. Yeah. So when I... Um, when we, when we think about like, um, you know, God's my protector, my provider, when he don't, when he doesn't seemingly do those things, when he doesn't provide for me the way I thought he should, when he doesn't protect my family, the way I thought he should, when he doesn't redeem my wayward child or my husband or my, you know, sister, whoever it is in your family that you've been praying about the way that you think he should. I think we so often get, we get, that's where we get those dark days and we get kind of caught up in hang on, he said he was my redeemer, but I don't guess he is because he didn't. I thought he was going to restore, but but I'm still walking around with cancer. Right. But what I so feel like So how can that be true of him? Right, yeah. right. So what is so important, though, is to understand that he is absolutely all those things, but we can't take those things and put them in a box of what we think this should mean. Yeah. So um, in those dark days when we feel like I can't, I can't make another minute, um, what I feel like he taught me was to take those captive, Right. Just like Paul tells us to and to beat them in submission of I'm holy. Right. I'm holy. I do provide. I am steadfast love. I do come after you, but I am holy. And that's what I need you to hinge on. Uh, in Revelation, it says that he is on his throne. and He kept telling John, write these words down. They are true and trustworthy. And clinging to that, you're on your throne. Your words are true and trustworthy because, I mean, emotions. Right. Can you trust them? No. <laughs> right. They're so up and down and it doesn't matter how I feel. What matters is God is steadfast and he is holy. Um, So that is, that is how I feel like, um, you know, the joy of the Lord, that's how we shift from, that doesn't mean happy necessarily. Right. Right. That didn't mean that I came in the doors laughing. Coach G, you had to take me through several days of me crying. Lisa Smith, bless her heart. You know, like I would come back here and um, sit in her office and I would cry and she would pray with me, wash my face and get back out to the front. Yep. Um, so I don't mean laughing. We don't mean when we say joy, we're not meaning we're laughing all the time. Right. We mean I'm basking in the Lord because even if he is holy, That's right. uh, in those times, Habakkuk, um, three, 17 through, uh, 19 became my life verse. And it is a long rendition, <laughs> but it's pretty much saying like, if there's, there's no food in the field, there is no cattle in the stalls. Like if I have nothing else, if everything is taken away from me yet, so that is my life word is yet, I will serve the Lord. I will worship him because he is holy. Um, So I think it's important for us. He he says, you know, I will rejoice. I will rejoice joyfully in God. You know, I've just been in places around the world where I've met these people where there are no figs, no grapes, no 
sheep in the pen, no mm-hmm. cattle. I mean, they they've and and then I've seen their walk with the Lord. It's just amazing. It just you know. And then I'm start thinking, okay, now if I if that was me, you know, what I would rejoicing when I have absolutely nothing. Right. And that's what they had. And it's just like when you begin to see people. Uh, living that way and then trusting in that, then you go, okay, Lord, what is in them that I need to have in me? Right. And, uh, and of course it's just like all of us, you know, it's, if, if you're not in to um, uh, trouble or trials now, you soon will be mm-hmm. because the father does say, you know, in this world, there will be many trials and tribulations, right. but take heart. Right. I've overcome the world. And I, I think that's what, a podcast like this, um, and even years before the podcast, Matthew, just talking to you, you know, and just seeing you uh, in the classroom or in the hallway or Shauna, same thing with you and and others is is we need each other, and, and it goes into strong faith, weak faith. Sometimes my faith will be high, and others will be low, and, and, and I think it's just the way the Father has it is for us to be together in this. Uh, to be able to get the full picture of it, right? Right. There's a also when when we talk about you know the uh, take take heart. The world is more dangerous than you think it is. And yeah. My vision can go okay. The world, the the cultural nonsense, the antagonism against Christ and all that He is, um, the absolute hatred for the Word of God and and all of that pressing attack that we might say okay the world. But I, in my personal experience, the moments when I am furthest from God or I, I desire him least is usually because of something that I'm listening to from my own heart, that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the most dangerous opponent to what Christ is doing in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the world's, the world's going to do what the world does. Yeah. And you watch the news and you, get, you, you bear the weight of that. But if I'm thinking back on this question I asked you, Sean, I'm thinking back on when were those seasons for me? It was when I was listening to my own fear. I was I was the one who was pulling myself away yeah. from faith. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm the most dangerous obstacle. Yeah. The thing, which is Paul, you know, Romans seven, the things I want to do, I don't, and yeah. the things I don't want to do. Yeah. I'm, those are the things I'm I doing. I found the enemy and the enemy is within. You're right. You know, yeah. G. Ketch Esterton, somebody, a great writer. Um, somebody wrote into him because he, he would write these columns and, and uh, these essays and so on. And someone wrote into him and said, what is the single greatest problem in the world today? And he wrote back, I am. Because <laughs> they were expecting this whole essay yeah. on like, yeah. and Chesterton lived through the early 20th century, like yeah. all, all of the problems that was going on yeah. in the world, yeah. and so they were expecting this great treatise on evil or something. And he said I, that I am the yeah. thing that is wrong with the world, yeah. and I just the 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 desirelessness that can descend on me. And I'm talking personally because I can imagine a lot of people have different reasons for feeling. a lack of joy or something. But for me, it's usually I have come to, I've come to depend on a lie that I am comfortable telling myself. And that's like, Oh, that sounds really like work harder. That's what you need to do. Or you need to, this is the thing that is going to make you feel better, you know? Um, And so it's like, before I can even think about, um, 
partnering with God in declaring the truth in a dark world and being dangerous. And I can't export what I don't have, you know, like I can't, I can't think about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. If it can't even get into my heart, like it can't even go a a millip, a milli inch. That's not a A millimeter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm an English teacher. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like it's just the, the dragon has got a major foothold on, in my own heart. Yeah. And that has to be daily defeated. That's the parable, right. Of of the good soil Mm -hmm. or of the four soils. And, uh, that is probably one of the biggest prayers I pray over myself my husband and my children is that their heart would be of good soil so that those seeds of truth are planted firmly and deeply in our lives so that then not we would just have the knowledge of because because i think of myself and i think of people walking through i I think of who we are you know is listening and, and us we are saints right we are we are desiring to follow after him and and when we walk through things and somebody comes up and tells you something your immediate reaction is to go i know that though i know that but getting it from our minds mm-hmm. to actually literally being able to walk it out, it, it, that's that's a heart that's a heart change. Right. That's a that's a perspective. That's a um, you know getting into His Word and allowing His Word, opening up His Word and going, I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if what I think about you is correct. Right. Like that's where I found myself um, several weeks ago in um, my sixth grade Bible class. We were talking about uh, a wise man builds his house on the rock. Um, but of course, the foolish built his house on the sand and the sand, you know, I, I guess I have always thought of the sand as as sin or worldly things. But in my particular case, I think most of my house was built on the rock, but it had these rooms yeah. that were built on the sand. And it wasn't really necessarily worldly things. It was a wrong perspective of God. Yeah. So when my world came crashing in on, on me, just my personal little what if, you know, thing that I went through. It was my most precious room. It was over my children. And it was the room that I didn't even realize I, I was expecting God to do things there. I was expecting God to, to hover over them in, in a particular way that as my mama heart saw fit, surely he would do that. Mm-hmm. And when, when I felt like he didn't, doesn't mean he wasn't, but when I felt like he wasn't, that meant that that room, that, that precious little room to me was built on the idea of who I thought God was. Yeah. And I became very upset with him and I questioned his goodness because that was my first. Well, if you would let that happen to my kids, then I don't know if you're good. Right. Because in my mind, I equated goodness to the tangible things that I could feel and see, yeah. not to he is holy. I, I didn't I didn't worship him because he was holy. I worshiped him because he's my provider. He's my redeemer. He's my restorer. Yeah. So just just, um, you know casting your mind on the things that are true of the father are so important. I think even for us as Christ followers, um, obviously for the lost, but even for us at Christ followers, that every bit of us and every bit of the people around us, we, we understand our relationship to them and God's relationship to them and God's relationship to us. And we come to the word really going, okay, I may have some really false ideas about you. And I need for you to show me those really true things about you. Right. Um, uh, there was a James five eleven says, "Behold, we consider that in, um, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. Have you considered or heard of the steadfastness of Job, and have seen the purpose of the Lord and how compassionate and merciful He is?" Yeah. I would not 
I think 10 years ago, recall the story of Job and think, oh man, God's compassionate and merciful. But that's what it says about him because he, he, he has a purpose in all of that. I think the, the biggest thing to remember is when we walk through the dark, man, God, God says in Hosea uh, 2.14, he says that he allures his bride. He allures her, but it's talking about his bride, into the wilderness. And that just sounds like straight up trickery. That sounds like <laughs> Job, right? Like yeah. attack him. Yeah. A- and But what he's doing is, is he is knocking down when he pulls you into the wilderness, when he has a Job moment. He is allowing those false facades of himself or the worldly things that maybe, you know, we build our, our um, hope on to be taken down so that then we, we press in, we lean. Right. And that's why we find a really uh, compassionate and merciful God in Job. Yeah. You know, so many times, you know, we, we just don't read scripture. We come up with our ideas of God, you know, mm-hmm. because if a good father will do this, you know, Psalms 103, you know, mm-hmm. as you know, the father has compassion on his children. So the Lord will have compassion on those who fear him, you know, but so I, I get automatically go to a point. Okay. Of course, this is what he's going to do. And if, but if you begin to read scripture and then you look, Oh my, you know, maybe this is, this is not the way I should be looking at things. You know, um, I just had a, um, I, I thought, and I looked it up on Corey Tim Boone, you know, and I'm just thinking of her life. Her, yeah. Oh man, it's incredible. I mean, you know, so we, uh, we had a devotional, on the version app and they brought it up. So I kind of looked it up and showed it. And, um, you know, she, you know, helped 800 Jews escape, got caught, put in a concentration camp. Her sister died there. She was accidentally let go. It was a typo mm-hmm. and she was let go. And uh, shortly after she left, all the kids her age were killed. And she goes on and, uh, and, and in the interview, um, they said, how, what kept you going? You know, she was 11 months in these camps. What kept you going? She goes, it's not what, it's who, you know? And uh, and then the interview just kept on saying, you know, it just, man, was, how, you know, was his faithfulness just always good? Yeah. And she goes, yes, his faithfulness was always good. But I did lose courage. She goes, I remember looking at the stars and see the stars and, and say, Father, I see the stars and you know them, but do you know my little Corey Tim Boone? You remember me down here and just watching her life. So it's not, and and she said, you know, that place was so evil and Satan is powerful, but he's limited where my God is powerful and he's unlimited. And, 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 and she said this, and I just can't believe she said it. She goes, I'm so thankful that I went through that. You know, uh, because I used to know about God, but now I've experienced him. And I think it's the journey that we're on, you know, is to not just know is taste and see, right, is to experience this. And and James chapter one, I'm studying James now pretty extensively, but, you know, count it all joy when you fall in these trials because it produces perseverance right yes right. Yeah. and then sure. perseverance makes us perfect and sometimes james says perfect mature that my whole life is integrated with christ mm-hmm. and according to james according to hebrews it's it's these trials and tribulations you know so uh sean I, you know i had ran in wrestling and this might be a poor example so no. y- y'all tell me if it's a poor Go example for it. okay Go for it. uh you know coaching all those guys uh, over the years in wrestling you know, I, this is may sound bad. Okay. So I loved 
when I pushed them so hard that they begin to cry. <laughs> Isn't that bad? I mean, okay. That's this, yeah, I, I just love that because I knew once they got to that breaking point, okay, are they going to push through mm -hmm. or, or, or are they just going to back up? Yeah. You know, and, and, and the guys that, you know, just continue to push through. I'm not saying God said, okay, I won't, I won't make you cry. But it's just like, I knew there's no other training right. that will get them where they needed to get. Right. Except through this. Right. But you weren't doing that. Even you weren't doing that because you're like, oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, no, and it was out of this love of yeah. like, I know what's what's good for yeah. you. Right. Um, and, and I can, since, you know, Ren has said, wrestling teaches you the most about yourself. And so yeah. he has taught, you know, we, our, our 12 year old son wrestles and we have talked about of course sports before and how, you know, we're not going to really push our kids to do anything they don't really want to do. And Ren said, except for maybe wrestling. <laughs> and because yeah. that example is perfect, I think, because it does teach, it taught him so much about himself. Yeah. Um, and that's what it, that's what trials do. They do teach you a lot about yourself, but really about how you're not right. and really more about, who your father is. But James says, count it joy. Count it joy. You know, were you joyful that year that was you, you've been through the ringer? You know what? No, but here's, here's the thing. I'm not happy. Yeah. I would not tell you that I was joyful, not then, but looking back, there is this part of me that misses the closeness that I felt with him. Cause it right. literally took me saying his name every five seconds to make it through. Yeah. And I would, I remember telling Ren, you know, sometimes bless his heart, he's having to cook meals and take care of the kids. And I've shoved myself in this little corner in the closet. And that's where I would, you know, go in the evenings and just pray and cry and just, and, and so when he would get the kids in bed and, you know, come in there with me and pray with me and talk with me, I would tell him, I don't worry about me. Cause I was afraid he's going to worry about me. I'm crying every evening. Right. So I'm like, don't worry oh, about we, me we though. Don't worry about any women don't in the worry closet, about me just though. weaving right. and crying all day. Just, I'm, I'm slaving over the kids and I'm doing the cut, you know, that's okay. You, honey, you just keep on. I would tell him, I, I would say, don't worry about me. I know that I know that I'm going through this thing right now, but I really mm, do feel him. Good, yeah. I really do feel close to him. Yeah. He is right here with me and it hurts. And it didn't mean that everything was taken away. Not one time actually in the last, that was five years ago. Not one time in the five years has God ever said, Hey, all of those, what ifs over your children, none of them are coming true. Not one time has he promised me that my children are going to seek after him or become the next Billy Graham and Priscilla Shires, not one time. Yeah. What he has promised me, what he has given me is more of himself. Yeah. And the fuller I have become on him, the less likely, I still have my days because I'm human and I'm right. a mama, but the less likely I am to pick up those what ifs and just hold them right in front of me because I'm so full off of, of what he gave me, gave yeah. me himself. Yeah. So it's just those, those moments of emptiness. Uh, this is what I keep thinking about when, when you, when I remember the moments where I just am too exhausted or too anxious or too stressed or too concerned of over X, Y, and Z yeah. to, to, to feel like drawing near to Christ, to feel like he's near to me. It's just all of these things just seem over there. Mm -hmm. And it's just that empty kind of experience. And then, and then someone has the gall when you divulge that information to somebody, it's like, well, have you prayed about that? <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, That's yeah. the problem is yeah. I don't feel like. Yeah. I don't and, feel like praying. Right. And, and it's like, if I felt like praying, if I felt like reading the scriptures, then that would be like, then yes. that would indicate that right. I'm 
it's like the problem is I don't, that's not my go-to. It's not a part of my day. It's not. And I just, um, when I was thinking of what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And so it's included in that is the desiring where you will be hungry and you will be thirsty. And he said, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. This is what you need. But I, it, it just seems like a, a concern that I have or that anyone has where you say, oh, man, I just feel so hungry. I'm just so tired and weak and empty and hungry. Right. It's like, well, have you eaten? It's like, no, I'm, I can't eat right now. I'm hungry. <laughs> right. Like, right. I can't bring. And it's yeah. like we just can dwell on or I, I, I'll keep it personal. I, I can dwell on how I'm currently feeling or how I'm. And then you've, it's like an endless feedback loop where it's like, oh, I feel so guilty that the Bible's not my go-to. Right. And then now I get even emptier. Mm -hmm. And it's like, blessed are those who hunger. It's like, it seems like Jesus is saying, what do you want? What are you desiring? Because at any given moment in your journey, it's yeah. like our journey isn't straight uphill, uh, further up and further in. It's like further up and further in and then down a little bit. And then, so it's kind of like, if you zoom out, it looks like you're going straight up. If you zoom in on any one moment, it's yeah, all yeah. a plummet, right. you know, it's like, right. it's this journey of peaks and valleys and think, and to think in the valley when you're just tired or, or distant to evaluate your, your standing with God in light of that moment, mm -hmm. of course, you're going to feel afraid. It's like, Lord, I don't feel like reading the Bible today. What does that mean? Right. Right. And and it means read it anyway, yeah. just like because when your eyes scan the page and when you close your eyes and say, Lord, I'm going to pray. And you just sit where it's like, I don't have it, but I'm just going to choose. Right. And right. I think something's happening in that mm -hmm. in that um, admission of your weakness and that admission of your helplessness where in Jude, um, one of this verse that we read as a family over dinner, it says now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to yeah. present you blameless yeah. before the presence of his glory with great joy. It's like yeah. now to him who's able to keep me, like I can't keep myself yes. in right. his hand. Right. I'll leap out of my own cho choosing mm -hmm. or I'll just like kind of drift out. Mm -hmm. And so I think remind, remembering your desires, it's like, do I want the Bible to be my go-to? Yeah. Do I want to pray? Do I want deeply? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yes. At my core, I want that. I'm mad because I don't. Yeah. It's like, well, that that is where God works. It's like your desires, and that's where it's like, baby steps back. Yeah. You know, just yeah. a, a, what a, a long repentance. Yeah. What is that pastor that um, he just passed away? I think last summer, but um, I can't think of his name right now. But the kid came up to him and said, "Man, I don't love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength all the time." And the pastor said, do you want to? And he said, yes. He said, that's what the father is after. Is And even the omission of that doesn't come from me. Yeah. It's coming from the stirring of the Lord, you know, and uh, it, it's those things. It's, you know, it just comes to me, you know, for me personally, uh, here recently is the death of my dad, the death of my uncle, uh, you know, um, solidifying. I don't know if any of you guys that are listening, you know, has already experienced the death of your mom and dad. You know, it's kind of weird. You're like in this orphan stage and you and things begin, you go, ah, you know, and, and I'm normally, you know, very upbeat going and stuff, but it's just been heavy, you know, 
part of things like that. And and I'm going, where am I going with this? Where am I going with this? And what the Father's been bringing me back to is, is just this hope. Is what he says true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And we'll get in the word and, and read it. But what does he say is true? In James chapter uh, uh, 5 or 17, he said, you know, c- consider Elijah. He was, a, he was a man just like us. Yeah. You know, he's just like us. You know, and, and I was thinking, and uh, it's just oh, so many times it says, consider, consider, consider all these prophets that their lives, Jeremiah, 40 years of preaching and nobody listened, right. the weeping prophet, right? And you think of all these people in the whole book of uh, Hebrews, be encouraged. It's going to be difficult. Keep on going, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole th- part of it is, is, is this hope that the Father has something else. There's something more than this. And boy, that's so hard, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah. right, you know, sure. you know what the token say. I love this. Jesus will make all the sad things come untrue. That's right. Ah, you know, oh, isn't that cool? You know, you talk about the death of our Savior. He's he's dead. Well, he made that untrue by right. rising up. You know, uh, the death of my dad and my mom and 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 other family members that are saints in the Lord. That's it's going to become untrue. They're alive in Christ. So it's just continue. Yeah. Romans, you know, five, uh, three through four says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Hope. So when the father is giving you hope, mm-hmm. it's almost like this little pathway. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have hope, but you're going to have to suffer. Not because I'm mean, but because you won't hope. You won't put your full hope in me, lest all these things are kind of removed or at least a little, oh, wait a minute. That's not as solid as I thought it was. Right. Right. Because it never will be. In Hebrews, it says like the the God that God will shake the things of this world, yes. so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. Right. So it's like if there are things that are populating the landscape of my heart that that are shakable, mm-hmm. then it's a kindness for God to yes, absolutely to shake the dust, right? To just rattle me. Mm-hmm. And it's that you know. Um, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory right. that will be. It's that right. that the what what God what you meant for evil God is working for good that these things that seem like the end of the world or they seem like devastations or whatever we don't have the eternal perspective mm-hmm. apart from hope yeah. if we're not hoping we have no eternal perspective we only have our temporal one <laughs> yeah. right which is everything I mean everything is temporal yeah your most precious relationships are temporal right like the reason the only hope we have is him because he is the only unchanging That's right. as mm-hmm. as Black and white as something may seem on paper, I mean, it is it is all undone. Yeah. And you think of all these prophets, okay? They had incredible trials and tribulation. Uh, uh, you know, in the book of James, right after James, the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees took James to the pinnacle of the church and threw him off the top of the temple. Did not kill him, so they took a club and stoned him. You know, I mean, that's what he was facing. And, you know, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, all these things. But just think, how how long has James been in the very presence of God? A little over a thousand years now. You know, if if this resurrection Holy Week coming up is true. Yeah. Then it changes everything. Right. And it's just like, Father, help me in this pruning. He said he'll prune us. Mm -hmm. He'll shake, you know. 
and what's all the only thing that's left is the unshakable. That's right. Which is which gonna is be only him. him. Is this gonna only be him? Well, I love that's that story it. you told about Corey Tenboom too, because I think there's a way in which we can acknowledge his faithfulness and our lack of courage. Sure. Where I think it's it, the disconnect seems to be where I I still Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. I still I believe in you and I want you. But I just have no strength for today and hope for tomorrow. I don't have the courage. I don't. So I think seeing people in history, seeing people in our lives that have shared in that as a way of reminding us, like it's if this is what it takes for me to remember that it's not about me, for me to be brought to this shameful recognition that I'm distant from your word, I'm distant from the joy, I'm distant from these things. If being made aware of that is the thing that will propel me back into it, then that's a grace. Mm -hmm. As difficult as it hurts, and I don't want to under, I don't want um, to trample on the, the severity of griefs and right. feelings are temporal, but they do matter, yeah. you know, that sure. God equipped us with them. But um, Spurgeon, one of my favorite Spurgeon quotes, he says, I've learned to kiss the wave that slams me into the rock of ages. Wow. It's like, I have learned to do that. And, and we, man, that you don't do that on the first go around. No. You don't, I have learned to kiss the way that slams me in the rock of ages where if this, if this dry spell spiritually, if that's even a thing, if this experience, this brokenheartedness, this death, this loss, this mm -hmm. fear is something that you can use to draw me to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I love the way you say, amen. You say, maybe so. Yeah. And that, if that's your only prayer, yeah. father, may it be so. I don't, I don't have the eloquent pouring out of my heart because my heart feels pretty dry. Right. I don't, I have not read the Psalms lately and I don't really feel like reading the Psalms right now. I feel like dealing with these emails. Yeah. If that's but, but in your belief, you're able to say the Lord is gracious and slow to anger that you are, you are kind to me. You are patient with me. You are rich in love. You are rich in your compassions. Your mercies never fail. And I believe that even when I don't believe it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, mm -hmm. then it's sure. like, that's all I have. Yeah. The Holy Spirit prays for us. And when we don't know how to pray, like groans to the father words, throwing your belief. Yeah. And that's what it means to trust. It's like, I don't have any bulwarks of my own to right. rest against. I've got, I'm recognizing that I'm in my arrogance or in my busyness or in my fears those rooms that I, I still have corners of my heart that I think are mine to manage. Right. And it's like, it, I'm, I recognize that and I give it to you and that's all I have. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's enough. Which, which I think would be just such a, if, if there is a dark time, that would be such the advice. If, if I could be so humble to give any would be just list his names, mm -hmm. find a book of his names. Yeah. Because I think we do think we have to have all the words. And I love how you reminded us, like the, the spirit groans to the father words too deep, like too deep for us. No, we don't even have the vocabulary, no, but then, but then too, like, we don't even know what we need sometimes. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to say your name. I'm just going to, um, and, and I think um, Sonia Vineyard works up front, you know, with us and uh, she lost her husband six years mm -hmm. ago, six or seven years ago. And, um, Man, she does this like a boss. Uh, she just speaks the name of Jesus and presses into him 
all the time. And I didn't walk with her through that particular journey, but you know, she's only six years out of it. I mean, that's yeah, still fresh. That would right. be so very fresh to me. And I watch her day in, day out rejoicing over other people's marriages or little moments, you know, that she doesn't have anymore. And I think, man, I don't know if I can do that. Mm-hmm. But she does that through, not because she has this emotion necessarily, maybe now her emotions match, but at some point in time, it was this, this shift of like, he's holy, he's good. And I need him. Right. And, and that, that was, that was it. You know, like, like she, she, I just, I just hear her with that, with the, with his names and just his character and just who he is. And, and so, yeah, we don't have to have elegant words. Right. Yeah. Well, Daniel, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, mm-hmm. you know, I want to get to that point. Yes. You know, whatever may come, you know, and yep. you know, even if he, even if he doesn't, if he, even if he doesn't, I love how, but even if he doesn't, all right, we want you to know your majesty. <laughs> I love that. Your majesty. We want you to know that we will not serve your gods that you have set up. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Right. Now your majesty. Respectfully. You respectfully. Have absolutely no idea. Your gods that you set up. <laughs> which you're about I'm to encounter. I'm not doing it. The answer is still no. The answer is still no. And his answer was, okay, you're going to burn, you know, uh, and okay, whatever, you know, it's this hope that he has. And you know, I, I, I I don't have the corner on it by any means. It just, mm-hmm. but, but it, it's just like father, you know, it, it's there. It's, there's something there about you. And there's something that you have done in my life along the way. You know, sometimes you go, okay, I don't know about now, but I know, okay, back then I knew I met God back then. Sometimes we have to look back and say, okay, he was faithful here. Right. I know he's faithful here. I know he did this here. That's right. I don't see you here, Lord. So you've got to do something with this. Right. And, um, and, 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 and that just comes back to this hope that, that everything that I'm living for, you know, is that this is not all there is, the things that I see. Right. You know? Cast your mind on the things unseen. Yes. And the, the, the way in which in the Old Testament they would raise these memorials, these, these uh, testaments to what God had done, as a rem- as a visual, you know, and the temple was filled with them as these visual reminders of God's character and what He's like and the Holy of Holies and everything. I think, at the very least, decorate your home or the spaces in your life with visual reminders of the truth. Where yeah. you just, I, I love Christian families decorating their home in Scripture. Yeah. Write it on your door. Write it on. Your, yeah, talk right. about it when you rise. When you get up. Because and because we are so weak that we forget. And so having these things, these reminders of God's goodness, testaments to his behavior, um, you know, when they would speak of God, they would say that the God who, who saved his people from Egypt, the the God who did this, it's like, this is, this is the God we serve. Remember. Um, And just thinking of our podcast too, the, the episode one dangerous saint, who's just boldly declaring the, the word of God to a dark world is a dangerous person, but, but the, the quiet believer with tears on her face, you know, rocked to her core saying, Lord, I believe help my unbelief Mm -hmm. is a dangerous thing. You give and take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's just uh, in my belief, in my faith, I see that as just a dangerous, just as dangerous a prayer as Mm -hmm. any bold. Because Jane said that's, that's making her mature, mature. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, in the faith yeah. and this perseverance, this endurance. And, uh, you know, as educators, you, you see it in a classroom. You've got to put 
things in, you know, in order to get a greater reward. Uh, Dr. West, you just talked about that in yeah. chapel today. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Um, but it, it, it is these things and it is the tough times. And, um, and I, I guess that's why I just loved athletics for all these years. Uh, it, it's just, it's just so, so much things that you could see that has heavenly meaning and spiritual meaning and you get it, you know, he's just like, yeah, um, but then you got to live through things. Mm -hmm. I remember when Shauna, when you were going there, going through your hard time, you yeah. know, it is, uh, I saw you in, in the mail room. I just, Hey, Shauna, how you doing? And you just started crying. I'm like, Oh, and I, 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 I'm, I, was, huh? I, was, I, was, I told Brent, I said, I'm so good until somebody looks at me and I goes, how are you doing? And I'm yeah. like, oh. yeah, she just cried, you know, and I go, uh, 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 you know, what did I do? Okay, never mind. Say yeah, and you know what? You couldn't say anything. Yeah. And so we just prayed. And, and but I knew yeah. at that point, Okay, Father, you've got to press in on her. You've mm -hmm. got to do a work. Because you know what? I, I'm a fixer. Okay, well, uh, what's wrong? And after Let's that conversation, you said, now, are you good? Is everything, is <laughs> yeah, everything better? Everything. And and I, I, I did not uh, say that. Did I say that? Yes, sir, okay. you did. I mean, I think you said it jokingly, knowing that this was going to be a thing. Yeah. But, you know, what's funny is, like, that that community, like, uh, so you shared with Miss G, and Miss G came up, right, mm -hmm. to, to the lobby. And what was great is Miss G has has walked through things before. So she was a seasoned believer who could tell me, you know, and so she came up and she said, I, I've got a word for you. And I said, oh, okay, I need something. And she said, okay, even if who is your God? Well, I didn't like that. Yeah. yeah. At the moment, at the time when I was in, I mean, I said, thank you. And I, I was, you know, like I, I, I knew that she, that she knew what she was talking about. But at the moment I thought, like, I don't want to hear about my God, I want somebody to come tell me that everything I'm fearing is going to be okay. Right. But because of that community, like we've talked about in both of these podcasts, it is so important to have that. You said uh, a while ago, a, you didn't say seasoned believer. Um, you said a strong faith and a weak faith. Uh -huh. Having that, because that moment my faith was very weak and I didn't even, though I wasn't discounting God, I didn't, wasn't turning away from God, I didn't even want to hear who is your God. Right. She was telling me all the things that I... Oh yeah, he's holy. Like the things that I'm grasping to right now, she she told me that day one. But I I was like, I don't want to hear that. Right. I want to hear that my circumstance is going to be different. And that took years of the Lord just training me with his word. I am holy. And until you come here, you're not going to find joy because the circumstances are always going to shift and change and mold. And right. so it takes that community that was um that was probably a day. That is a that is a specific event that I can remember her coming up to me and go, yeah. okay, but who is your God? That's a great example, too, of, you know, some of what we were talking about is the comfort of God, the mercies of God to hold and to keep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Psalm 23, he, he leads me and he restores my soul. But also there's a part of it that's like with the athletic metaphor, it's like, Get your act together, dude. Mm -hmm. Like what you're believing isn't true. Pretty much what Toe she up. was saying. Talk to the line. Right? So right. And so yes. and I think a community is able to read that in people where you have trust yeah. where that doesn't yes. clash. And so part of it is like when you're feeling drifting, when you're drifting for whatever reason, there's a part of it that's like this beautiful, the Lord is with you. He's for you. He's not far from you. Then there's a part of it like, where are you going? Like, guy, right. come on. Let's like, go. you know the truth. Mm -hmm. So like, get up. Yeah. And, and read your Bible right. and, and, and knowing how to talk with one another. Mm -hmm. When does Fred need the one? When does he need the mm -hmm. other? 
I think that's part of the trusting community yes. to be able to provide that's that. That's just relationship. Sure. You got to right. be in relationship. That's why he said, you know, do not forsake assembly together. That's that's right. Right. You know, and it's not just Sunday morning. I mean, I'm talking about the church here where, where we work, mm -hmm. you know, just being together. It, yeah. It's just surrounding yourself with believers that you can just do life with. And not just superficial, but do life with. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just been a huge thing. But you're talking about, you know, Psalms 23. I love it. It says, even though I walk through the Bible, he's preparing a table. That's that hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's something that's coming. He's preparing right. something that's coming. Right. And we just continue to remind each other, you know, of that. I remember one time uh, in Tanzania, the saint of God. Real quick. I None of us can start a story like that. What's that? I remember this one time. <laughs> in Tanzania. Yeah, right. Okay. It's higher. That's about as far as I've gone. Yeah, is that higher? Yeah. That's why you're on the podcast. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, neither yeah. of us can do. Well, that. you know, you know, go into the other most parts of the world. Right. Well, this is ten miles past it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is in a village called Magalate, and uh, uh, Wilson was the uh, was a um, Sakuma tribe, and we were with the Watutuwa tribe, which was warriors, and we had a little uh, generator and had a little light, and at the edge of the light, that first night we setting up camp. You can see these warriors with spears, and that's all we could see. Great. Yeah, yes, and I had a, I had a nylon tent, so I'm safe. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, but but uh, I came to find out that ten years before that, the Watutuu attacked the Sakuma and killed them, and, and and of course we were yelling at Wilson, going, "Oh, the Watutuu is out there," you know. He, but he said this, and he meant it, and it just shook me. And I, I still remember this is years ago. He said, "You know, but what can they do to me?" Yeah. All they do is just kill this body, but they cannot even destroy the soul, you know. Yeah. And and we got to talk about that, and you know, and I laugh, and it's kind of funny, and it's is a cool story, and, and great to live it. And um, but I just saw a picture of him uh, uh, still serving God, you know, and this little cripple guy with his hand curled up with a limp, and still sharing the gospel. That man, his daily life is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even stand up to my worst uh, days. But the, the point of it is, is just encouragement of, of man, no, this is true. What you say, you know, you know, this is this word true or not? Right. May they kill me? They may. Right. But they're not going to destroy my soul. It's right. just, um, but just getting the right perspective yeah. and this hope of something preparing. And that's what I guess I'm uh, getting older. As I'm getting older, I'm just clinging it to more and more. You know, remember the old saints in your church? Yes. I can't wait to go. And I'm thinking, you're crazy, man. I'm not, you know, but now I'm getting a, a clearer vision of it. I said, oh, it is better. Yes. It is better. I've got to continue. Yeah. And that's what this podcast is. It's dangerous thing that, yeah, this is hard. And, uh, but God is maturing us. That's right. And uh, I can point to Shauna, you know, and said, man, because of what you went through, I see Christ even more, you know. Matthew, I know me and you talk, man, we talk, man, we're so discouraged. Is anybody listening? You know, but but going through these things and pressing through, right. it, it is it's just this community to, man, know when there's a need, you know, and notice a need and do something about it. I'm praying over. I couldn't do anything for you other than I begin to pray. And then I told my wife. You know, yeah, yeah. So I told God, I told my wife, that's a pretty good thing. <laughs> in the right order, in the right order, yes. Well, as we as we wrap up this particular episode, it's I, I love to give people listening, you know, next step. What what would you read? It seems like James 
it, we've referenced James, yeah. mm -hmm. Count It All Joy. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like that would be a great book to it just choose to dwell in, even if it's one verse, yeah. just to just start passing that into the soul. Do you guys have any other, like, for those of us who need our souls restored, need this reminder of what we desire, any any passages or books or, or of the Bible or anything beyond that that's just something we would direct people to? Well, James, this is where I'm at. Yeah. And, and because this is where I'm at, you know, uh, it's my life in the last year has been heavier than it's ever been, you know? Um, but it's just like this hope yeah. that James keeps telling that consider Elijah, just like us, you know, yes. And he's been in the presence of God for thousands of years since his life. I mean, it just over and over counted all joy, this perfecting, this enduring is this, um, uh, persevering and and then and, and then the takeaway is man ask the Lord to put people in your life yeah. you got to have these people in your life that you do life with along the way you know I mean we don't all sit around and always have these deep conversations but it's a big part of it right. and um, and I need you guys you yeah. know yeah for sure um, yeah I, and I think what helped me which I know kind of sounds weird but but I found me a, a place I found a spot Mine happened to be in a closet. Um, it was kind of funny. We had a we had a house fire uh, a couple of years ago, and so we had when they began to build back, I just had studs, right? And, and uh, half of my house was just studs and, and plywood. And so in my closet, when y'all were talking about writing on the post, and you know, I knew, I began to write all these scripture on the post and, and on the floor. And um, one of our friends came over, and uh, in the threshold of going from my bathroom to my closet, there's the what David spoke to Goliath and he said, this is the day um, that I will strike you down and chop off your head and that, that I will feed the, the dead carcasses of the Philistines, to the wild birds, uh, birds, the air, you know, so he says this whole thing. And I wrote that all the way down. Cause I'm, I, this is where I do my battles is yes. in my closet. Mm -hmm. So the, our, one of our friends comes over and he, he walks in there and, you know, so it's all studs. So I'm on the other side, but I can still kind of see him. And he's just kind of looking around and he's like, <laughs> what's this room that's <laughs> oh, where i behead giant yeah. uh, i said it's my closet he's like what happens in here <laughs> don't worry about it but i but uh, i found a space i found a place where i could get away yeah. just by myself not we absolutely need community i needed coach g and miss g i needed lisa i needed my parents I needed my husband i needed those people who rallied around me to rally around me but i think i, I did not though just I didn't take their advice and not run to the Lord as well. I had to find a place by myself yeah. in, a, in a space where I could be quiet and I could I could read his word or I could pray. And sometimes it like we were saying, it's not elaborate prayers. It's just yeah. I can't do this spirit grown to the father. I mean, how many times did Moses say this is too this is too heavy of a burden for me? Right. So it was just one of those things recognizing I can't do this and spirit grown to the father. And um, so so having just. Um, that time where you get by yourself and then um, there are a couple of, you know, of outside books that I would read. Most of mine, of course, was around motherhood. So um, there's Lika, Lisa Turkhurst um, for any of you moms listening is a, is a really great um, book. There's uh, it says it's not, it's called, it's not supposed to be this way. She gives some really great scripture, really great perspective. and says those really hard things like kind of how I felt like, God, I don't know if you're good. Right. And those are things that I don't know that I would necessarily walk up to you and say, because I probably think you would immediately go, 
Yes, he is. Yeah. But she walks you through those those kind of um, thought processes and those really raw feelings of. Um, so Lisa Turkers is, is a great author if you can get a hold of her, um, any of her books. Yeah. Um, so that's good. How yeah, about you? What have you found? You? Psalm, Psalm 145 is a verse that's really special to me because I, I remember it being meaningful at a season of my life in high school. So I feel like it's just been one to come back to. Mm -hmm. um, the whole Psalm is glorious, but verses eight and nine, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. It's just like, that's true. The Lord is slow to anger. He's, he's slow to anger. He's not, he's not pressing his thumb on me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you feel as a believer that I'm like, I don't desire God today. Like surely he's angry about this and surely he's going to, and Romans eight, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's just this beautiful um, like Corey Ten Boom, like yeah. acknowledging his faithfulness, yeah. even when I don't have courage. Yeah. Um, that's the Psalm 145 has been beautiful. You know, the Psalms are just incredible, but that one for me, he's, he's slow to anger, rich in love, abounding in mercy. I asked Sonia uh, Vineyard today, I said, what, what did you do when you were walking through that really hard, you know, with Vince and, and then even after, and she said, I read the Psalms yeah. over and over yeah. and over again. And she said, I got outside. There's something about being in his creation and just praising him uh, for the birds singing. Sometimes that's all, you know, right. maybe that was all she could do that day. Um, familiar voices, she said, so calling her boys, she's got three sons. Um, and then she said music. I would just blast, you know, the worship music, or she said, sometimes just feel good music, just something mm -hmm. to get me kind of, you know, my my emotions just kind of up out of out of the thing. And um, I asked her about Vince. I said, what, is, what did Vince do when he was walking through that really hard time? And she said, oh, he worked out. <laughs> she said, yeah. he, he worked out. So I think that there's there's both. We live in both physical and spiritual. Yes. Yeah, sure. And I think um, it. Uh, so we have to kind of tend to both. Right. And while we cast our mind on the things spiritual, you will not ever do anything physical that's going to trump the spiritual. Right. Um, I do think you have to sometimes take care of those physical things like get just some sleep, get, get some, some sleep, sleep yeah. get in the car. Lisa Smith told me one time, she said, I, I was trying to figure everything out. Why am I going through this? And what does this mean? And what could, and she said, what if today, cause I, I didn't have the kids that day. My mother-in-law had picked them up and she said, what if today you got in your car and you rolled on your windows and you just blasted like some nineties feel good music. Nineties. And I was, well, yeah. Do you remember the nineties friend? <laughs> I remember you, you, that was when you were in your late 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, but. Uh, so I yeah. did, and I thought, gosh, this is great. And I could not, of course, feed off that for forever. But for that day, yeah, it was right. like, I, 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 my mind wasn't so zoned in on the battle. Right. So I think there's some really, yeah. there is physical things along with, of course, yeah. the most important is spiritual. Let me reminded Psalms 103, you know, he redeems my life from the pit. Yes. I mean, without God, mm. what is there going through these things? Right. And it's a pit because we never can get out. God's got a way out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hope in God. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's let's draw this one to a close. Okay. Fred and Shauna, you guys are so awesome. Thank you. I'm just, I'm having fun over here. That's good. Um, That's so we, I, just before we sign off, I think the plan is to try to do these more frequently. Yeah. So, yes, so those of you listening, if, if that might be good news or bad news. <laughs> um, but you can listen to every other one. I, I, th I think we want to do these more frequently just to get encouragement on the airwaves and get and um, get the word of God spoken about. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate plan is to invite people to join us because I think there are all sorts of there are all sorts of 
wise voices are surrounding us that can can absolutely speak into this. Into, yeah, I mean, we got to beat Coca Cola, right? That's right. Isn't that what you said? We do have to beat Coca Cola. You got to tell them your story. Which are they? I was going to say they have no idea what we're talking about. Okay, real quick is first time I ever went to Africa. Uh, we went way out in the bush. I mean, way out in the bush, and um, and we were talking to them. I said, "We're here. We want to share Christ. Have you heard of Jesus Christ?" I said, "Never heard of him." Uh, who is he? You know, and uh, and then the guy said, "You want a Coca Cola?" You know what? A Coca Cola. <laughs> it was a Jesus. mud hut. It, yeah, it was hotter and all get out. You know, the Coke was hot, but so Coca Cola. Everybody know who Coca Cola is, but they don't even know who Jesus is. Right. So Coca Cola has done a better job than what the church has done. Right. Got to be our goal. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been episode two of Kill the Dragon, Kill the a Dragon. podcast for dangerous saints. Um, so thank you all for listening. Stay tuned next time for episode three of the podcast. Thank you all, and we will speak with you next time. All right. See you guys.